Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. Happy Thursday, happy Thanksgiving, happy 25th birthday to me. I'm so excited to be back on the mic with you guys. As always, you know I love coming to chat with you and today is a really special day because it's my 25th birthday and it's my first Thanksgiving living back at home full-time in Miami but ironically, I'm not currently in Miami. I'm in Orlando on a camping trip with my parents and my brother, which was not my idea of a good time for my 25th birthday, but alas, here we are. And I actually do enjoy camping. I know that might be hard to believe, um, but I actually do really enjoy camping and nature and adventure and the outdoors. I just had bigger plans for my 25th birthday, but you know, it is what it is. And I did get to have my birthday dinner at Carbone like I wanted, only with one friend instead of a group of friends, but honestly, it was such a great time. I got to go with my friend Natalie, and we had so much fun just catching up over a bottle of wine and some yummy pasta and chatting because although I work with her, so I do talk to her almost every single day, there's moments where we just don't get to like sit down and talk only about our friendship and our personal lives because there's something going on for work or we'll tell each other as big things happen but we don't necessarily always get to sit and just vent so it was really nice to get all dressed up go to Carbone which I've been dying to try and chat with her and really catch up and it felt really good to just girl talk and talk about boys and talk about work and our careers and our plans for the new year, and all of the things that we have in the works that we're dreaming up, and it was honestly the perfect birthday dinner, and I think I might be going to Magic Mike with a couple other friends in a few weeks, so that's more of like a just because, but you know, I had originally wanted to do that for my birthday as well, so I'll pretend it's my birthday even though it'll be in December, (laughs) um, but yeah, what else is going on this week? Um, I don't know. It's been a really good week. I got my brows powder browed, so permanent makeup brows. Um, If you know me, you know I hate filling in my brows. I always struggle with them because they're really light and I just, I always have to get them tinted and fill them in and they take so long. So I was really happy to do powder brows so I don't have to do that. Um, It didn't hurt but the recovery is going to be gnarly, so I will keep you guys posted on that. I got my hair done over the weekend. Um, What else? I got my lips done, so I am ready to go for the new year, and I feel really good. I feel really, really good going into 25, and, you know, I'm just really proud of myself and how far I've come in, in my 20s. Since I turned 20, I truly have grown into someone I'm proud of and I am so happy about that and so happy about where I am and where I'm going and where I see my future and all of the things that are to come, the people that I've cultivated in my life, the opportunities that I have coming towards me. It just, everything just looks really bright and I feel really good and I'm really, really excited to see where 2023 and year 25 takes me and connect to social and Kayla Moran Law because I now have my own law firm and all my friends too. I just, I've cultivated such a great group of friends and everyone's just on the right path and doing some really amazing things or working to live the life that they want. And, you know, 
it's hard. We graduated from law school, a lot of them, not everyone, but a lot of them, we graduated from law school and, you know, we thought we had our lives ahead of us. And then we got to our careers and we're like, this isn't really what I wanted. Like, this isn't what I expected. This is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because we didn't take into account the fact that it's still an adjustment from being a student to being a full-blown adult. And that has been harder for all of us than we expected. But I think now that it's been a few months, we're all coming into our own and I'm really excited to see where everyone goes. And yeah, I just feel really, really excited for the next year. And let me do a quick suck and sweet of the week. So my suck of the week is that for like three days, it just nonstop 24-7 pouring rain, cats and dogs. Like It was bad rain. It was cold. It was windy. It was cloudy and it just there was no sunshine and Miami is known for its sunshine and warm weather and it was like the complete opposite of that but I think we're finally over that cold front hump and although it's still gonna be chilly while we're camping so that's exciting um but yeah that weather was just really like putting uh I was in a good place like overall mentally thankfully um had that weather been happening when i was going through my moment a couple of weeks ago i think that would have really been shitty but you know i just still like i just didn't want to leave the house like thankfully i have the ability to work from home because it was just one it wasn't safe to drive two i didn't want to drive in that weather and i liked being cozy at home working from home and that was really nice and there's so much i want to tell you guys about work and how how it's been being a lawyer for the last couple of months but I think I'm gonna do an episode with my friends and have them share their experiences as well let me know if that's something that you'd be interested in because I think it'll be more fun than just me sharing um although follow me on tiktok at Kayla Moran it's linked in the show notes so you can see behind the scenes of my life as a lawyer and me figuring it out as I go but yeah so work has been good busy definitely and just navigating learning to be a lawyer because law school really doesn't teach you how to be a lawyer which we will talk about in this week's episode which i'm excited for um but my suite of the week is that it's my birthday and i always look forward to my birthday i know not everyone loves their birthdays because it means they're getting a year older but truly for me i feel like i am coming into my own and i'm so excited to grow up and to age gracefully and to the beauty of aging like it's such a privilege to grow older and to be able to experience all the things that we do as we get older and I'm really excited for that I'm really excited for where my life is going and I feel like I am the best version of myself that I've ever been and I'm excited to see where that takes me and you know yeah I'm in the last half of my 20s now but I just I feel like I'm just getting started and I'm really excited to see where or 25 and beyond takes me so my sweet of the week is that it's my birthday and i'm really happy to be another year older and another year wiser and yeah i'm really excited for this week's episode like i mentioned we're going to talk about law school um i have loved being able to share my experience with you guys on the blog and now on the podcast and i've had a couple other law school students from other schools come on from my own school other lawyers and today is no different i wanted to have someone else so i've had a 1l on i've had a 2l on i've had two lawyers on and i was the 3l 
And now I get to have a 2L on, well, she was a 1L when we recorded this. She's now a 2L. And, you know, it's really cool to see her evolution in just, I met her when I was, you know, she was still in college and I was a law school blogger and I didn't have the podcast. I was really not doing Instagram yet. And it's really cool to see how far she's come and come into her own. And now she's halfway through law school and I'm really proud of her. And I'm really excited to be able to share her story with you guys and another experience because law school is not a universal experience. Everyone's is so, so different. Like there are things that everyone goes through. And I talk about this with my friend Jordan all the time with my friends, Maddie and Michelle, who I want to have on the podcast to talk about how it's been being a lawyer for a couple of months. Like we've all gone through some very similar experiences, even though we all went to different schools, but at the core, like, yes, they're, it's a very similar experience, but everyone's outside experiences and their personal lives shapes their experience fundamentally. And Elizabeth has also gone, started law school during the pandemic. So the application process, the LSAT, all of it. So she's a lot more equipped to talk about modern law school than even I am. Um, because the pandemic really truly changed how we do law school and the people that I know all had already done it or were doing it with me so we got a different experience and I'm just really excited for you guys to hear her story and have someone else to chat about law school with who's currently in it if you are interested in going to law school or if you're in law school and need someone to go to as always you can come to me but I feel like unfortunately I have a very skewed perception of law school because of my personal experiences and now that I'm in the practicing world, it's a different ballgame entirely. Um, so I think this is a really good episode if you are interested in going to law school or currently are in law school. Um, but I will always say this, and it's from the bottom of my heart, I know it's true. I am forever grateful that I went to law school, that I went to the University of Tennessee when I did, why I did, and the, everything that happened while I was there. You know, there's certain things that I wish hadn't happened, but overall, everything happens for a reason, and I'm really grateful for all the opportunities that came my way while I was in law school and because of law school, and I'm really proud of my education and that I'm an attorney and all that I have accomplished in the last three years, especially in the last five years overall, and law school is a big part of that. It truly shaped who I am as a person today to my core, and I'm really grateful for that. So I love connecting with fellow lawyers and fellow law students and commiserating and being able to share their stories too because I really think everyone's is so different and I just, I want to give you guys the most well-rounded conversations for you guys to make up your own experiences, opinions, views, shape your world and inspire you and help you. That is my goal with the Let's Get Candid podcast. Always has been, always will be. And I think this episode is a really great way to do that. So thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to me. If you like this podcast or this episode, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe, follow along to the show, send it to a friend, share on your stories and tag us as you're listening and send to someone who wants to go to law school or is interested in the LSAT or legal studies or poli-sci or anything related to law or higher education, please send them this episode. Please tell them to reach out to me or Elizabeth. Everything will be linked in the show notes, of course. And 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being along with me for this crazy ride that we call life and for being a part of my community. And I can't wait to see where the next year takes me and all of the amazing things to come on the podcast and in my life. And of course, you'll be the first to know besides my Instagram stories, but you know, I give you guys a little bit more detail here. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you all next week. Hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Meet Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, They probably wouldn't know that I, or I used to be on a Girl Scout cookie box for 10 years. (laughs) I was a Girl Scout. Yeah, thank you. I was a Girl Scout my whole life. um, And it's like kind of a fun fact that I always forget about. So (laughs) that's, that's something that that's such a cool fun fact. Mine is always so lame. It's that my last name is Moron because I can never think of anything else. I'm not good on my feet, like on the spot, um, which is why cold calls suck. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But yeah, so you are a blogger and you are also now a law student. And when did you start blogging and why? Sure. Um, I started blogging in 2015. I was going into my senior year of high school and it was just like a passion project my mom was like everyone's always asking like where you shop and like how you put outfits together and you should just you should make a blog and like put it online and just so people don't have to ask you questions and I was like okay mom so I started I used to post every single day after school I would come home and my mom would take pictures or if my grandparents were here they would take pictures of me and Every single day I would post and just like talk about my life like on my website. Um, But I kept it a secret because high schoolers are mean and I didn't really want that. Like I didn't want that. So I kept it a secret. And um, and then it slowly turned into more of a business when I took it to college. So I went to Wake Forest University in North Carolina. And that's where I felt more comfortable and confident talking about it. Um, That's where I gained quite a bit of following down there um, from my sorority sisters and just friends. They thought it was cool and it wasn't such an embarrassment. So, um, and then I took it home with me to New York and now I'm in law school back living at home. Um, And it's just, it's been, it's been wonderful. It turned into really a a business of mine um, back in 2020 when I had to leave school and I came home. Um, So it's been, it's been crazy and it's been quite a whirlwind, but I, can't imagine my life without it now which sounds cheesy but I think I'm sure you can relate too yeah no it makes a lot of sense and that's something I wanted to ask you about is just why you continue to do it and how it has evolved along with you but also how you have evolved because of sharing your life online yeah so like I said it was just like a passion project and it was just something silly and fun to do and I, I've always loved journaling so it really became like my online journal like I literally talked about like asking a guy to prom like like picking out a prom dress just like su- stupid things like that um so it, so it was just it was just an online diary and then when I took it to wake and took it to undergrad with me took it like it was an item like took it like yeah, <laughs> when true. it followed me to school <laughs> I realized that it could be more of a portfolio and more of something that interviewers and when I was looking at internships and things like that uh for the summer when I was an undergrad like that they could value which was wild to me like I never I never would have thought that um 
And so that's, I think, was also a big like confidence booster when I just kind of mentioned it to, I think I, I had it on my resume, maybe my sophomore, junior year of college, because I don't even think I put it on my resume going into college. That should have, that would have been my selling factor. I think if I would have put it on my resume and not have been so embarrassed by it, I think it would have maybe helped me, maybe give me an, a leg up with college admissions and things like that. But when I did put it on my resume in college, I had like a career counselor ask me like, oh my God, like this is so cool. And that was kind of my first like real confidence boost from someone that wasn't like my parents or my grandparents or like friends from home. And I realized that it was like a valuable asset and shows like how much, you know, like what kind of work ethic I have because on top of being at the time, like a full-time student, I was also, you know, running a small business and I didn't really think of it like that. I just thought of it as a hobby, but quickly I realized that it was a small business when I started making income from it and started collaborating with brands and writing contracts, negotiating contracts. So I think you can kind of see that like progress as I, you know, from where I started, I mean, I have all my blog posts still up. So you can go back to 2015 and see like little Elizabeth, um, like in prom pictures and talking about getting accepted to college and all that stuff. And you can see that I probably have a ton of typos because I used to literally write like on the web page instead of like drafting it in like a Word document and editing it and like revising it and then copying and pasting it. So I think you can see that progression. You can also just see that I've just become more sophisticated, more mature over the years and as I've become more educated. So I think, I don't know, it's just, it's been crazy and it's been fun. So it's, it's fun to like look back and see how I've progressed yeah. over the years. Absolutely. It's funny. I, I typically still write my blog posts in WordPress. I don't use Okay like word. <laughs> just because I'm gonna have to have like it all like on my computer like at least on WordPress like it's not taking up space on my computer right but when I'm on planes or something then I'm writing a blog post on the outside do it in word and like there's so there's a few random ones but for the most part I type them out in WordPress um that's so funny but I I love that like I started my blog in 2018 so a few years after you so I was already in college I was actually a junior in college so right. you can go back to that and see a little bit there but it wasn't until 2020 when I really like I shared a lot of my travels and my law school experience and like beauty and fashion so people would ask me about those types of things too and that and my dad was actually one who encouraged me to start a blog so that's funny that that's a story <laughs> um and I want to talk about your parents support too but it wasn't really until 2020 in the pandemic when I was like oh like this could be a business I want to do more with this and like I want to help people and so I have all of those posts up as well, but I started sharing more on Instagram and now TikTok and my podcast that right. there's, so there's more to me than you see on the blog. But like I did talk about my struggles with mental health and toxic friendships and toxic relationships. So I love going back as well and seeing the evolution and how far I've come and just my progression as a person. So I think it's really cool that you get to do that as well. How often do you go back and read those or do you not read them? I don't. I really don't read them. Um, occasionally, I will like link. I have a wild memory. Uh, I'm sure you do too, as a as a fellow law student. But I will occasionally like link to old blog posts in a new blog post, like you know about yeah, I do this too. Right, like something I referenced years ago. But I really I don't read them because they're embarrassing <laughs> for me. <laughs> I mean, I should really like hide them and take them down no, or do I something. I don't think you should hide them. And the same thing with people on YouTube, like you shouldn't hide your first few videos because 
that is who you were at that time. And you had the confidence to be like, you know what? I don't care what anyone says. I'm just going to do it because I love it. And it shows your evolution. Um, I don't go back and read them often either, but like when I go to reference a post, like I'll read it to make sure like edit any typos at that point to make sure like it like actually like looks good if I'm going to reference it now like several years later um but yeah so I love that it was your mom that was like you should just start a blog because that was my dad for me in 2018 I remember it was like a business insider article and it was like 30 things you should do before 30 and I was like dude I just turned 20 like (laughs) no no we're not doing this and he was like just do it I literally just turned 20 like no he was like, number two was to start a blog. He's like, people, like you are very confident and like you attract people to you. People want to talk about things. Like people, you talk to a wall. Like people want to know these things. Like why not? Like just for fun. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I'm going to start a blog. So I did and here we are. And it's led me to everything that I have now. So I love that. And it's so nice that your parents were super supportive from the beginning and your grandparents too. That's so cool. And yeah, I love that you started realizing like this can be a business and I have my own small business and putting it on your resume and, you know, really it becoming a part of who you are and, you know, it's given you a lot of valuable skills. Like everyone's like, oh, you're just a blogger. Like you're just an influencer. But there's so many skills we get from being online and having our own platforms and businesses because they are businesses that are so invaluable. And it's funny that, you know, your college recruiter was like, or counselor was like, wow, that's super cool. Because I had a similar experience in law school. I put it on my resume, still on my resume. And in law school, I had an OCI, an on-campus yeah. interview. A, uh, he's now a judge. And he's actually one of my like really good friends and mentors. And he wrote a letter of recognition on my bar application. But it, I met him at an OCI. Well, I had met him at a networking event, but I really, he remembered me at an OCI. And he was like, you have a blog, like, what do you talk about? And I was like, so actually the last post that I did is talking about on-campus interviews, what they are and like how to navigate them and manage stress and just realize that like, it's not going to determine our worth if we get a job from this process or not. Like, and he was like, that's bold. Like, I'm who, like, who the heck is this girl? Like, that's impressive. Like, and he reads my blog every once in a while. He'll read it. And he'll like randomly email me like, hey, kiddo, saw that you posted this. I'm like, that's really weird, but like also kind of cool. A lawyer and now a judge respects me, like some random girl from Florida writing a blog. So I think that's so cool and super valuable. And I love that you shared that. But yeah, so when you went to college and you were not hiding it really anymore, what did you talk about while you were in college? Like I know, you know, sorority life and- Mm -hmm. Yeah, what what was that transition from high school to college, Elizabeth and Tall and Preppy? Also, where did the name Tall and Preppy come from? Oh my gosh, the name, I think that's the real reason I was embarrassed by it. Would you ever change it now then? Would I change it? Yeah, it's like your name? No, because my name's not unique and people can't even pronounce my last name. So (laughs) 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 like, it's just, no, I think I thought about it for a couple years with my and my mom and my mom my business consultant she's my dad's mine so I feel that (laughs) she's not really my business consultant she's a teacher but um we just like kind of talked about it um because I think you know she takes not credit for it but I think she's very proud that I I took her advice and did it because now she can see like you know how far I've come and how much success I've had the past couple years but I don't think I would change it 
even though I was embarrassed by it because it's just silly. Like it's tall and preppy. Like, okay, yeah, I'm tall and I have a preppy style, but like, it's just a little cringy. Um, there's more to you now too than the 2015 year old Elizabeth. Right. But I'm asking because there's this big shift on Instagram where yeah. a lot of bloggers are taking, yeah. they're changing their handles to their real name. So I was wondering if you ever do that. Maybe not so much the blog, but like the Instagram handle. Yeah, um, I've thought about it, but I just don't, like, personally, when I think of bloggers I follow, I remember, like, their kitschy, like, little, like, blog names. Like, I don't remember necessarily, like, their actual names, so that's, like, kind of my only hesitation, and then I think it's just, like, kind of confusing, because then I have to, you know, I have to, like, would have to change everything, or not everything, but I would want to change everything, so it's, like, kind of cohesive, so I've thought about it, but... Not not currently thinking. No, that makes total sense. So I actually never came up with like a name like that. One, because I'm not creative enough to do it. And two, because I wanted, I always knew that there there was more to Cameron as a brand. Right. I wanted right. to build a brand and I didn't want, I wanted Cameron to be like the holding company, like yeah. the total yeah. package. And there was different things under it. So I, I, I think part of it I never came up with it too, because I knew long term like I had a, a goal I had a reason why I was doing this that I just used my own name so I'm always curious to ask like when people didn't do that um if they would change it now because you've made it a part of your brand but it's not the only thing you do so what did you study in college why Wake Forest and yeah what was it like sharing your life online in college sure um so I studied English and French I double majored so I studied abroad in France um I loved Wake Forest. I took a campus tour and an interview going into my senior year of college of high school. So um, actually right around the time where I started my blog, actually. Um, so I remember posting some photos and like some blog posts, like being very secretive about where I was, but saying I was in North Carolina. And I actually have like a blog post with pictures from campus, like at Wake right after my interview, but not disclosing the location because it was very like hush hush in my town, like where you were applying, what your test scores were. And that was fine by me. Like I didn't need anyone to know my business. It's a very competitive town I live in. In high school, like everyone's super smart and super competitive to get into the best schools. So that's kind of all I remember from like touring. I I honestly don't remember like the campus tour at all. Like I remember taking those pictures of my mom having the interview and then I just kind of like blacked out. But I do remember like just like the end being like, wow, like I love it here and I want to go here. And it just like was a instinct and a feeling and my mom felt the same way. Um, And then I applied, I got deferred. So I applied early decision, got deferred. And then I got in like right around this time, right before Easter. So it was the best experience. Like I love Wake Forest. (laughs) I'm like a diehard fan. (laughs) I would go back in a heartbeat and I have been back because I am class of 2020. So sadly we had our year cut, my senior year cut short, Um, but we did have a graduation ceremony this past fall and it was just the like the most magical weekend which sounds silly to say but it was just it was amazing and like just so heartwarming and heartfelt and just the best weekend um so I'm a diehard Demon Deacon fan that's our mascot and I would highly recommend anyone to go think about going to Wake it's the best um but yeah so I obviously was blogging down there I actually had a friend that I met 
via Instagram. I was actually in Florida with my parents. I know we both have a common love for Marco Island, Florida. <laughs> um, I just got back from Florida yesterday, actually. Um, and I was just like scrolling through Instagram and I found this girl who was also a blogger and she had just announced that she was going to wake too. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we, I messaged her like a crazy person. Like I slid into her DMs on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm also an incoming freshman. Like we should definitely meet up and like take pictures together. So we did. And we did that for like, I want to say our first two years, we met like a couple times a week if not every day to take pictures and just like talk about like blog things. And I love that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really very fun. Ashley, I know she'll probably be listening to this, but um, so that's kind of how I kept up with it while I was at school. She was my photographer. There was no such thing as tripods really back then. Um, No one did that. No one had like, no one did that. So, and I was just like, talk about life and sorority life and classes and adjusting friends and, anything under the sun. So it was, it was a really very cool experience. That's so cool. Uh, I love that, that, that you just slid into her dance. And like, I think it takes sometimes a crazy person to be like, you know what, I'm just going to shoot yeah. and it works <laughs> out. It pays off networking. Yeah. So, so important, especially, and it's a skill you learned at a young age. It's going to help you in your career, both as a lawyer and as an influencer. So it, you know, it all works out. Yeah. Um, but I love that. But you mentioned your hometown is very competitive and you're from Long Island. Yeah. And what was it like growing up in a town like that? A very competitive town where everyone is, like you said, super, super smart, trying to get into the best schools. When you think of like preppy culture, like that is the quintessential, like yeah. <laughs> New England, Long Island, like preppy, like, you know, super competitive overachiever. What was growing up in that environment like? And then moving to Wake Forest, like, was it a culture shock for you? Um, so yeah, I, my town is very competitive. It's a small town. I graduated with about 280 kids. We're only like 15 miles from Manhattan. So everyone's parents here, either doctors, lawyers, or business people in finance. It it was just always, you know, our parents are successful. So the kids, you know, the kids want to be as successful as their parents, or if not more successful. So I don't know. I just, from a young age, my parents really taught me to work hard and the importance of work ethic. So I was just crazy person. And in high school, like my social life was minimal. Um, (laughs) I had friends, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't do a lot, but study. I was up like all hours of the night doing homework and studying so I could get into the best college I could. And, you know, I was in honor societies and I was president of the French honor society, like club and just like, you name it, like I did it. And so did like all my other peers. So that's why we, no one really talked about like where they were applying or what they got on their school, like their ACT or SATs, just because like we were all competing for the same seats in the same schools. When I finally got into Wake, it was a sigh of relief. And I was one of two students to go from my high school to Wake um, in class of 2020. But I don't know, I was expecting Wake to be more of like a Southern school. So I was like, really, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to meet a nice Southern gentleman. Like there's going to be so many Southern people. Um, And that's what I was really hoping for because I hate the cold and I hate the snow. And my mom always said that I was born in the wrong state and that I should really just be like a little Southern belle. But I was pleasantly surprised actually that the majority of the students are from the Northeast, which I didn't, I didn't know that. 
uh, or wasn't expecting that. But I remember like one of the orientation days we sat in Waite Chapel and like looked at this like PowerPoint presentation and it gave you like a breakdown of where the majority of students were from and the biggest most well-represented state was New Jersey. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, whoa, total culture shock. And then I ended up just becoming friends with a lot of Northerners just by chance and just because that's what the breakdown of the school was. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a culture shock in that sense. And then I also don't think it was a culture shock with like grades and academic like rigor because I think my high school prepared me so well. And I never, I know some other people felt that week was very competitive, but I didn't let it get to me. Um, And I just kind of like did my own thing. And I realized that we were all so smart. And like, you know, you were in class with hundreds of valedictorians and we were all doing the same thing. And like, we were all on our way to success in one way or another. So again, I can't speak more highly of wake. Um, so it's a valuable lesson because it's, it's very similar how law school is. Law school, everyone there is the top of the top of their class and it is really competitive. So it's good that your high school prepared you and that Wake prepared you for law school later. But I'm just curious because that, that, like when we think of Long Island, we think of like, you know, obviously lots of in Manhattan proper, but like that, like prep yeah. school environment. And, yes. you know, so that, that's what I, like, that's what we think of growing up, not being a part of that. So I'm just right. curious if it was very different going to a school in the South, but I do know that Wake is very they are a private university so they do attract a different crowd than schools so I was just curious about that and actually I got deferred for um or got waitlisted at wait for law school but I didn't apply for undergrad I got I applied to UNC because I wanted to go to UNC that was my dream school um and didn't work out that way but it's okay all works out um but it's funny that you mentioned like you wanted to be like you should have been born in the south like because there's two kinds of preppy so there's like Long Island like northeastern preppy like Boston the Kennedys like that environment which is where you grew up and then there's southern bell preppy so I just is do you think preppy is just like who you are like will always be your style or like do you see that evolving as you kind of grow up and mature and become an adult and a working woman yeah that's a really good question um and I think that's part of the reason why I struggled with the name that I picked when I was, how old was I? 16? 17? I was 17. No, I was 16. I was turning 17 going into my senior year of high school. Yeah, and I think, right, so that's something I struggled with because as I was growing up and I was going to college and, you know, being exposed to more ideas and more just everything, I was like, oh, like, you know, there is a different meaning to the word preppy and there is like, is this really who I am anymore? And I think my style obviously was always very classic and preppy just like you said where I grew up um and then when I went down to North Carolina same kind of thing it was also very preppy just because most of the kids were from the northeast so that continued to you know affect and you know help me with my style evolution which didn't really change that much I did become a little more um adventurous and I started wearing like like kerchiefs and like neck scarves, which I was never like bold enough or brave enough to do in high school, just because I didn't have the confidence. But then when I came home to New York, I moved home, like, you know, New York City is a beast of its own. And people are very trendy and very um, fashion forward. And I was like, wow, I was like, 
maybe I should start dressing like I need to wear more black like I don't wear enough black like everyone in New York wears black like that's a totally true stereotype Mm -hmm. um so I was like maybe preppy's like not a thing and like maybe I'm totally in the wrong here and I I don't know if I'm tall and preppy anymore but I've realized that classic pieces still always look good and are always in style like white button down pearls like jeans like a good pair of white sneakers um like that stuff will never change and I've tried to rigid with the term preppy now that I'm home in New York, um, and like at night, like I do wear black. If I go out with friends to dinner and drinks and to bars, like I'm probably in black head to toe, which is kind of outrageous for, you know, tall and preppy to be dressed in black from head to toe. And in something, um, my friends and boyfriend would call my Catwoman suit, which is just like a black bodysuit, black jeans, black like ankle boots with a big heel and like a little black, like a uh, moto jacket. Um, yeah, so I, I like to keep people on the, on their toes. That's what I always say. I don't know. I think I just enjoy the preppy style and the classic style. And I don't really think that'll ever change now that I'm, I am starting to be in the legal profession. I think, I don't think that stuff ever goes out of style and is very classic. And, you know, you kind of have to be more buttoned up and I think classic pieces are more professional. And I think you can obviously put an, have a little edge to them. But at the end of the day, we have to go to court. We have to be in a like traditional law firm it's very buttoned up white button down pearls that's just I guess kind of how it is yeah I, I the law firm I, I love a good suit I love a power suit yeah me too. I uh definitely not a like I love my classic pieces I love a good white button down a good classic pair of jeans a white sneaker but like I'm not a pearls girl like I'm not yeah. <laughs> definitely not preppy and then and and the traditional legal environment but in dub culture is definitely not really for me right um, Thankfully, here in Miami, there is still that, but like it's a little bit more fun because um, <laughs> I, I need that um, that mix up. But it's good to see that you you've evolved, your style has evolved and grown, and it, it's grown up with you. But I mean, right. there's nothing wrong with dressing classic. There's a no. reason why it's classic. Yeah. So when did did you always really want to go to law school? When did that kind of become your focus all right I'm going to go to law school and how did you decide to go back home for law school and why back home yeah um so I've always wanted to be an attorney and I didn't really know why except that I was in a production of Legally Blonde when I was in the fourth grade and it was an all-girls production so I played Warner which is like Elle Woods's ex-boyfriend that you know she follows to Harvard Law so that was kind of like my first like I don't know, my first realization that like, oh, I want to do that. But that's not a good enough reason. It's just, it's silly. But I always knew, I was like, you know, I want to do that. Even though the movie shows you like literally nothing of importance of law school or the legal profession. Um, (laughs) But then it kind of really all clicked when I went to Wake. I was an English major, like I said, and I took um, this class called Investigating Innocence. So it was in conjunction with Wake Law. There were about 10 undergrad students in the English or journalism department, and then about three or four law students. And we worked with the Innocence and Justice Clinic. Um, So we worked on like a real, real live murder case. Um, And that's kind of the class that like everything clicked and everything made sense. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay. Like, I love writing. That's why I love my blog. I was like, great. I should be an English major because I love to write and I love to communicate. 
and I love my blog. And then I was like, and I love to read. And then it was like, I'm in this really cool class where I'm learning the importance of storytelling, not only from like a journalistic perspective, which I've always kind of had through my blog, but also from like a legal perspective and that I can tell stories to help, like, you know, a convicted person hopefully get out of jail for something that they didn't do. And so that's just really where it clicked. And we were able to help draft a narrative for our client for a wrongful conviction. That's actually what I wrote my um, personal statement on for. That's really cool. Thank you. I love that. And I think that's such a cool class as an English major to have. I think that's such a great program. And I love that you made that your personal statement because I always tell people, um, I think you and I might have even talked about this at one point before you went to law school, but you know, people ask all the time, like, how do I stand out? Like if I don't, especially if I don't have a good GPA or good LSAT score. And it's like your personal statement, you yeah. want to show, don't tell. You want to show them why you deserve a seat at their law school and what you're going to bring to the table and also tell them, you know, or show them that what you're going to get out of the school, why you're choosing that school, right? You can tailor each personal statement to the school. And I recommend doing that, not just like a blanket one, you know, have like a base, but then like modify it on the school and like make it personal to the school and show them like, why do you want to be a part of the school? What can the school offer you? And what are you going to offer the school? Not a lot more of an enticing candidate. So using that experience really demonstrates like I am meant to be here because I had this experience and these skills that I had from my personal life, my blog translated into allowing me to do Mm -hmm. all of this and enjoy this. And that is why I want to pursue the practice of law and why I'm here. And I'm showing you that I have the work ethic and the skills that are going to let me succeed at your school. Right. And your school's going to allow me to do that. And that is what got you in. So I absolutely love that. Thank you. And and look, and I was, I was able to take, you know, my blog and put it into, you know, I put it on my resume at that point. I had it, I even talked about it in my personal statement. It was also like, oh, she's an entrepreneur. She has right. a small business. She's ambitious. She's a go-getter. Like there's right. like, they would have just seen the blog and like, oh, she has a blog, whatever. But right. then you really show why you do it and how you're using it to help yourself and help other people mm-hmm. and you're 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 crafting a narrative for yourself yeah. you're getting to tell your own story and I think that's super invaluable so I love that so much and I think that is why that professor or that um lawyer now judge I think similar reaction to me when yeah he, oh like that is really cool that you're sharing that experience because it's not talked about and it's actually like really frowned upon to do that in the legal profession but like you have the balls to do it. And like, I respect that about you. Right. So right. I love that so much. Yeah. So why Hofstra? Why go back to Long Island? Especially if you don't like the cold. Um, <laughs> Wake has a law school. So why, why Hofstra? Yeah. I didn't even apply to Wake Law. Um, I just, I always knew that I, you know, I, my goal in high school was to get into the best college I could and a college that I loved. I picked Wake. I did it there. I did great there and I loved it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I was going in, I was in my sophomore year and I was like, wait, I have to start thinking about law school. I didn't even really toy with the idea of staying in the South. Um, I just always knew, I talked to some people and they kind of told me, well, you know, depending on where you want to practice, you should probably go to law school in that state because it's probably easier because they teach you the law for the bar exam that you have to take in the state. And then, yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, but no. Um, but also, if 
you know, that's, it's good for networking that way. And, um, you know, so I talked to my parents and, um, I was fortunate that they paid for my undergrad, but, um, I would be on my own for law school. So I knew (laughs) that I would, it just made sense for me to move home. Um, and I, I talked to some other people and they were like, live at home. Like it's, it's the easiest, maybe not the easiest with, your parents in the sense that, you know, if you don't have a good relationship with them, I fortunately do. My parents are like my best friends, but they were like, it'll be nice for them, for your mom to be able to cook dinner for you every night. And it's just like one less stressor. And it's a place you're comfortable with. And it's a place that, you know, you don't, you feel like you're at home, obviously, because I'm at home. So (laughs) um, that was just kind of my thinking. And I knew I always wanted to practice in New York because also my whole family is here. I have a twin brother and then I have three older half siblings and we all live in the same town. So like my older siblings, they have families and like everyone lives here. So that was also like a big pull home um, because I I really did have a hard time being at school because I, I miss them so much. So that was why I came home and it's been a great experience. Obviously, you know, you get into fights with your parents and because no one really understands the stress of law school and I'm not the nicest person when I'm stressed just because I have a hundred other things going on and when they're stressed, but I will say, so there's a couple points here. I went to, so it's true. Go to you. You should go to school where you want to practice the region you want to practice. I did not do that. So it can't be done. You can right, totally, and it's totally still possible because yes, I'm. I learned Tennessee law in school, and I'm going to take the Florida bar. But there's right. still a prep course that I'm going to take at the end of the school, like law school, to prepare me for the bar in Florida. And that you still learn the general basics. They just also show you the variations in your state. Yeah, because federal law and state laws do differ right. in a lot right. of cases. So it can be done. It is harder. It's not as common, but it can be done. So I wanted to clarify that yeah. for people, but also living at home. Like I didn't do that also. You know? Know. And so my parents also paid for undergrad, but I was going to be on my own for law school. So, but the reason I actually left Florida was even though I always knew I'd end up back in Florida, but I was like, eh, I'll go somewhere else for a little yeah, while. Change of scenery. Yeah, change of scenery. I lived in Florida yeah. my whole life. I was like, I kind of want to go somewhere else. But then I, I, I got into UM. I got into Stetson. So I got into schools in Florida and then right. got into schools outside of Florida. And I was like, it's cheaper to actually go to school outside of Florida. Oh. So I'm, since I have to take out loans, but I want to reduce the amount of loans I'm going to take out, I'm going to go to school in Tennessee where I got money to go to save me money. So that was my deciding factor. So I think when you are choosing a school, you have to keep in mind geographic region where you want to practice and also financials, um, especially if you are, which the majority of people do take out loans to go to law school or any grad school. So I wanted to clarify those two points because I 100% would have definitely saved. I mean, I I think I saved a lot more money going to school in Tennessee than going to UM and FIU just loans wise. Yeah. But living at home would have saved me a lot of energy. (laughs) I'm not happy at school and I'm I'm dying to come home and moving at home right now. And I can't wait to be home the minute I graduate. I'm going to like counting down the days. (laughs) I don't think me being at home while I was in law school or have been in law school would have afforded me all of the growth that I've yeah. 
while I've been in law school. Like I would not be where I'm at today had I not left. So right. I think it's it's a personal decision. It's very very personal, and I have a whole blog post, and I'm sure you do as well. As how you chose the school, why you chose the school, you did all yeah. of that. So go read those. I'll link them in the show notes of this episode, so you can see our thought process. And they're two different thought processes, but like there, there's not one with law with anything, but with especially with law school, there's not one approach to law school. There's not one approach to picking right. law school. It's very personal. Right. Definitely would have been nice to have you know home cooked meals and stuff, <laughs> oh, but. Right. No, just didn't work out that way but that's okay and everything happens for a reason yeah, right absolutely um so no that totally makes sense you wanted to go back your family's there similar to me I was always going to come back to Florida so right makes total sense why wow, you you chose to go back home and Hofstra is an amazing school and you're really close to New York City so you get to have a little bit of the best of both worlds I do yes super nice so what was it like or what has it been like sharing your law school life online how much of it do you share and how do you, how much time do you devote to blogging now that, because law school is a full-time job. It's not like college. You think college is like hard and time consuming, but <laughs> law school is a whole other beast. So how do you navigate that? And what, what do you share online now? Like how has your content evolved now that you're in law school? Sure. Yeah. Like you said, law school is a full-time job. Even like my first year of law school, I'm sure you probably had to do this too. We had to sign like a statement that said we wouldn't work. We outside of a statement but yeah it, it's an unspoken rule you don't work your first year of law school the ABA right. doesn't really allow you to right and to me at that point I was like I can't give up my blog even though I consider it work I also consider it like my creative outlet and a passion project so I was like that's not happening I was like I have to continue to blog so I think though when I started law school my blog was really I think taking off more than it ever had been before. Um, so I was really very fortunate with that. Um, and it was a way to like keep my sanity because I had something that was constant throughout my pretty much my whole adult life now is my blog. So I had it, you know, from the end of high school to college to now this new thing, law school. So I was able to, I was just happy I, I still had it with me. And I could continue to write and like share my life, but I did have to really get super, super organized. And that's something that I'm like almost neurotic about because I know, and I love doing my blog, but I also know like law school is so important and it's a full-time job. So I was like, how do I make these both work? And it's just like super organization, like to the max, like, you know, I just had to like adjust and I had to say, okay, like one day a week, I'm going to take pictures for the whole week, for the whole next week. And like, okay, I can only write one blog post a week and that's going to be on Mondays or, you know, whatever day I decide for the semester. So I'm very, I'm flexible based on the semester, um, but it really does just take a whole lot of organizing. And I think I talk like on my website and even like on my stories, I think I do a nice balance of talking about traveling and talking about school, but also just like what I have always been sharing, like fashion and getting dressed up and makeup and other parts of my life because I never wanted it to be like a full on like law school blog. Um, because that's, I, I, that was very, and I, and that's why I wanted to, I've always wanted to have you on and I've loved chatting with you for years. Um, because you didn't stop. Like you didn't become a college blogger or a right. college YouTuber. Let's say if you had a YouTube channel, you didn't become a law school blogger. Or right. only talk about that. Like that's a part of who you are, but it's not your whole identity. And I've made a very conscious mm -hmm. decision as well to not let that be the only thing I talk about. So I love that you do share both. And 
it's super smart to like hear how you, you know, are organized and how you navigate it. Cause I do a similar thing. COVID has allowed us to be a lot more flexible, I think. Right. And right. Um, the last year, I'm in my third year now. So it's a little different for me than it has been for you in terms of how much I devote to certain things versus others. But it's good to know that you didn't lose yourself in law school and you, and that your blog became or stayed, remained a creative outlet for you because yeah. my blog took off, my social media in general has taken off while I've been in law school because yeah. it's, you know, sharing my life and it's my creative outlet. I'm passionate about it. It became mm-hmm. a lot more of a passion project for me while I've been in law school. And I, I share advice, I share my thoughts, but I'm also sharing the, the parts of me that I don't get to talk about on a daily basis. Yeah. Because if I didn't share those things, then I would be really sad. So right. Right. Um, I love that. And but people ask me a lot of questions about law school and like giving advice and I'm trying to apply to law school. What do you recommend? Like what, like, you know, how, how much of law school process of law school itself do you talk about? Um, not a mo- not much to be honest. And I think that's because my blog was never like a law school blog. It was really just a blog about my life. Like, you know, like I said, I started senior of high school. So the people that have been following me, didn't follow me because eventually I was going to go to law school and like eventually I was going to be applying. So I've kind of like kept it like that. And my follower base is mostly other women that are not in law school that are, you know, other professionals or, or are students, but not necessarily law students. Um, so I have had a couple of phone calls with like friends from college that are interested in going to law school, actually from my sorority, but not a lot of questions about law school. I did put up like a, a, I did like some surveys a while back on my stories, you know, asking like, are you a student? Like, are you a law student? Are you like working? Are you a parent? Stuff like that. And the majority was just regular working person. So I think that's interesting. Um, and I think if people do have questions, I'd be happy to answer them and give my perspective. And I, and I have given my perspective, I think on my blog. Um, and anyone that does ask questions, I do have like a mentoring group for like the first year students. So I tell them, you know, that grades aren't everything and it's, you know, the curve doesn't matter. And I know you and I talk a lot about, about that too on our DMS, um, on Instagram. So I'd be, I'd be happy to help anyone, but I think there are better resources besides me from that whole perspective. I just, I don't think a lot of people talk about like law school. And I know that's why I found you because you were a law school blogger, not a law school blogger, but you were someone that was blogging about fashion and lifestyle, but you were also in law school. So I know I asked you a lot of questions because there really weren't resources and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know when I should be applying and all the things like that. And I think sadly that was part of like my undergrad school's fault they didn't really have like a dedicated pre-law program with a path to success to get into law school so I kind of had to figure it out on my own and you know I'm happy I found you and I found a couple other people on Instagram but yeah no that makes total sense and I'm, I'm glad I was that research for you and that was a goal but I, I made a very conscious decision to not make it only about that because there right. were, like I started this as sharing my life and I've always wanted to share my life and be a friend and a mentor and a resource in all aspects, not just law. But I did notice the reason I started sharing it in addition to everything else was because when I went into law school, I was thinking about it. I was Googling questions and I was like, no one's talking about this. (laughs) They are. They're only talking about, they they basically have no personality. Yeah. It's like, no, No. I want to know that you have a life outside of law school. Like this can't be the only thing you do 24 seven. Like I, 
sorry, but like that sounds miserable. Yeah. So I wanted to show that you can have both. So I, I, it's interesting to hear your perspective of like, you don't not talk about it, but you don't really talk about it much either. Um, and, and I made that decision as well because law school is only three years of your life. Like what happens now when I graduate? Like if I had only been law school, like those logs all die now. Those yeah. Don't do it anymore because they're not law students anymore. But for me, like I'm navigating, you know, choosing a job, career, right. networking, right. meeting people. So I'm sharing those things now. And I love that. Um, and right, yeah. Your, your blog evolves with you. Yeah. My blog has evolved with me. I've evolved as a person because of it and just in general because of life experiences. And no, I love that you have a mentoring group. I didn't know that. That's super valuable. Like that just makes me really happy because that's a goal of mine is to offer those services to people who want them. Right. So I love seeing other people do similar things. And I think, it, yeah, I just think it's really cool. And I'm glad you brought up, you know, grades aren't everything, mm-hmm. you know, OCIs don't matter. The curve is bullshit. Like it really yeah. is. <laughs> it's all who you know. It's so important to network, talk to other people in your class, in your school, faculty, professors, other lawyers, and people from even other schools, other states, because right. no one understands law school if, unless you haven't, if, if you haven't been to law school, no one understands. Like even living right. at home, like that's the beauty of like, if I, like, because I went away, I didn't have to deal with that part of it because right. my parents would never understand. They didn't experience right. it themselves. And you mentioned that earlier, you know, it would have been nice to have my mom cook for me. Sure. Although my mom doesn't cook, my grandma cooks. <laughs> um, so it still went out of my mom, but like, they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand yeah. unless you've been through, you don't get it. So I'm glad that you are also, you know, taking that approach to being a mentor to people who come after you, because I think we have a duty to pave the way for shattering mm-hmm. those ceilings. There's not a lot of women in law who are also doing other things like who are also entrepreneurs entrepreneurs. like it's just like if there's a step path to law that people think of and like every single day as the world evolves we're we're breaking those barriers down and it's really refreshing and we owe it to the people who come after us to to help them out and pull them up with us so I love seeing you do that as well and also fellow you know you're Italian American I'm Hispanic American that's another layer of it as well all of that so I love that and you started law school during COVID. You briefly mentioned that. So what was that like? What was your experience starting law school during a pandemic? I mean, I took the LSAT right before, I took it in March, actually. I took it in March. Um, I sat down to take it at Wake School of Law and um, we made it through the first section and then the head computer crashed. So it got canceled. So you can imagine how traumatized I was because is I was going on spring break in two weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I can't take this test, then I can't go to law school in the fall. So I was very stressed out. It was a really horrible time. The LSAT is a horrible experience. I would not recommend it to anyone, just like I'm sure everyone says about the MCAT. So I ended up taking it literally the week after on paper and pencil because they messed up so bad. And then I got my score when I was on spring break because we had two weeks of spring break because the world went to whatever. Um, and then we got sent home. So, but luckily I did get into schools despite COVID. I got into, you know, a handful of schools and got to pick and negotiate scholarships and all that stuff. So when I came home, it was really very sad to finish my senior year of college in my childhood bedroom, but 
then when I started school in August, I was fully in person. So which was like totally unheard of. And I talked to a lot of other students in the other neighboring law schools in New York. And we were the only school that 1Ls could be fully in person. Like there was no Zoom for 1Ls. 1Ls were fully in person the whole fall semester. And we went straight, like it was like 13 weeks straight from like August 12th until Thanksgiving. And then we had like two months of vacation. And then my 1L spring, which was the, what I thought was the hardest semester of my 1L year, we were like hybrid. So we had some classes in person, some classes online, which was horrible. I learned nothing online. And I think Zoom University should really cease to exist, you know. We can, we can be done with it. We can be done. It's been two years now. So, and then now the fall of my 2L, fall of my 2L year, we were fully in person and now spring 2L, fully in person and now no masks. So I'm very fortunate that- Very impressive I, for New York. Um, yeah. With the no masks and going in person mm-hmm. year, 1L year because our 1Ls, so your class was hybrid. Right. Fall, and then their spring was like pretty much remote. Yeah, that was kind of us too. Yeah. And then like hybrid, but mostly remote. Most professionals decided to go remote because hybrid really didn't work for them with the rates and all of that of infection, blah, blah, blah. So then this year it's been, we're fully in person, but last semester was masks. Yep. Same. Required this semester because now vaccines are pretty much rolled out. They can't mandate them, but they strongly encourage. And the majority of law students are going to be because we're older and just more whatever you want to call it, um, yeah. <laughs> but not to get political, then the professors all wear masks. They can't require us to, but they can guilt trip us into wearing them in their class. Okay. If you have like an autoimmune disorder. So most of us don't wear them with the exception of like certain teachers that have access to kindly. So it's interesting, but it's very, very progressive for New York. Yeah. If you guys didn't, especially because we were um, hit the hardest. New York got hit really, really hard, especially yeah. last winter. Yeah, but we actually had to be, you had to have your two shots. To be a student, you had to have two shots by the fall. Right, so they can recover. So they couldn't. Yeah, so, and then the spring, we had to have our booster to be a student. Yeah, so the professors are required, so I'm pretty sure. Correct. Um, But they can't require the students to because we're a state. Although I know Vanderbilt did because they're private. So it depends on the school. But yeah, no, I Zoom School of Law was total BS. I didn't learn anything either. I'm going to argue that law school doesn't really prepare you for anything, to be honest. It doesn't even prepare you for the bar exam. A little bit. (laughs) Very minor amount. I'm going to go ahead and say no. I mean, there's a reason why there's a whole prep course afterwards. That's true. Um, I mean, other than to be a mark, uh, money-making business, but like, you know, you, you have to take the bar prep course because law school teaches you how to take a law school exam, but law school exams are essays, whereas the bar exam is half of its multiple choice. One in law school did, we do multiple choice. You didn't. I so, had a couple. I had a couple tests. See, that's smart. That would make so much more sense. We didn't. It's interesting how each school approaches it and each state approaches it as well, um, because law school or the bar exam is state-specific, so it, it differs for sure. But definitely interesting to see your experience and see you share about how, how difficult it's been for you. So you're halfway, more than halfway done. How does it feel? You know, would you, like, you always wanted to go to law school. You had that experience undergrad. Okay, this is what I meant to do. What are you thinking you want to do? Which, by the way, if you don't know, or it could totally change. <laughs> it it yeah. changed for me. But, like, as of right now, like, what has your law school experience been like? And 
you know, would you, would you do it again? Would I do it again? No. Um, would I do college again? Yes. <laughs> no one likes law school. And if you say you do, then what I need, whatever you're on, because law school is just a horrible experience. The amount of stress and pressure they put you through and under is just insane. Um, but it is a means to an end. It's the only way to do it. And that's what my mom always had to tell me, like, actually, this past fall was really hard. My second year, um, you know, getting on a journal and just just everything. So I wouldn't do it again. But I'm happy that I'm almost done. And I'm happy now that I can take electives and things that I'm interested in and that I can work. Um, that's like one of my biggest recommendations is to get an externship. So that means you work for academic credit. So you get like hands on experience. And I think employers really value that because you know you're not just studying and you can yeah you can be a, so this this pet no this current semester I like to say that I'm a full-time law student I am an extern I work at a firm in New York City an intellectual property firm I'm on the trademark team so I work about 20 hours a week and I commute back and forth to Manhattan in my house. I'm also, you know, I'm on a journal. I'm a mentor. Like, did I mention my blog? Yeah, I have that too. So I have a lot going on and I think employers really value that. And it's, I did an externship last semester too. So I think it's just been a really great experience and it's something else to put on my resume besides just that I was a student. Absolutely. And like, a, no, and a it's, it's so important to have hands-on experience because right. you could be the top of your class, but if you are just book smart, like I'd right. rather have someone who also like is street right. smart and like can get their hands dirty and like work with me. It's right. more valuable, especially right. you know every other grad school program has hands-on experience. Yeah. School, they do rotations, like they are student doctors. Why is law school so doctrinal based? Um, you know, it's becoming a lot more, they're promoting externships and clinics yeah. and other stuff, but for so long, they just pushed journals and I'm not even on a journal. I, I knew that, that wasn't the path for me. Yeah. Um, I, I chose to do a clinic and also work as a lawyer at a law firm right. remotely, but I worked my entire 12 years as well. Yeah. And I'm working now at a social media startup and I'm also working with a trademark, um, an entrepreneur attorney. So cool. Um, I love that. I wish we had more time to talk about getting an externship and all of that stuff because I think that's super valuable. Maybe we can do a part two or like a joint blog post yeah. or something on that. Um, actually, that would be really cool. But <laughs> I think it's super valuable that you brought up the value of working as well in law school. Definitely not your first year. It is an adjustment period. Give yourself the time to adjust because it is, it's a whole new beast. No one, again, like we said, like if you are not, have not experienced law school yourself, if you do not understand what it's going to be like and if you need yeah. to yourself time and grace really to figure it out and how you want to approach it and the best approach for you but once you start your 2L and 3L year and you're able to do more elective and choose your schedule right. you figure out what you want to do with your life too yeah you need to figure out what you want to do with your life so try a little bit of everything and try different things externships internships clinic all these different things but don't don't marry yourself to like the way that the law school path is pushing you like it's okay to go against the grain and not do what the rest of your classes are doing because what they're doing does not necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Right. So I really love that. And yeah, so you're doing IP work. Do you really, is that kind of where you think you want to practice in that area? I don't know. I mean, I really, I think it's so fascinating um, because it's just so new and changing and like, and, it's, and I think it's very relevant to like my blogging world and like my life on my blog and my business. So I think 
you know, when I interviewed for the position, I was able to like really talk about my blog, which was again, really great and cool because it's kind of relevant with, you know, my firm I work for does like luxury goods and products. So it's very like relevant, but even so I think if I don't want to do intellectual property, I'd love to work in house um, at, you know, some major like business, because like I said, I do have a small business. And even though I didn't study business in school, I have a small business. So I think I'm very business mindset. And I have a business mindset compared to more like working in a firm. No, I agree. I think I also want to go into the IP world because it is so relevant to what I do. So it's 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 so cool. I love that it's emerging. It's new. I really get to make my mark. And, and like you said, like, you because you run a small business you would have a business mindset you would be valuable right. to companies um if you go in-house and I think similar to for me you know I can be really valuable both as a lawyer and an influencer mm-hmm. in social media and the content creator right working totally. on IP in that that area totally I have the this, I see it from both sides and again kind of a theme on this podcast, I don't know if we talked about it in this episode, but it's a common theme throughout the last several episodes is just, it may seem like everything you're doing is really disconnected, but everything, if it's meant to be what you're doing, you're passionate about it, there's like a common thread right. next right. to all. And it's okay to have a non-linear path because one day you look back and all the dots connect and yeah, it makes sense. Like you're combining your passion for your blog and that helped you lead you to law school in a roundabout way. connecting your passion for law school and your blog by working in this with this externship and it'll lead you to a career where you get to do a little bit of both and that's a really great thing and similar experience for me so I really love that and I'm really excited to see where you end up you know I'm excited to see where you end up your first job out of out of law school I I can't wait to I have a lot of stuff in the works but I'm not good just yet um and by the time this episode goes live you might already know um but not gonna share it well um I'm really excited for the last year of law school for you and you know all that there is to come it's gonna fly by so enjoy it I think I'm trying to it's it's gonna go so fast and you're gonna be like holy crap like like me like we're on spring break and it's like oh my god when we get back we have a month and a half and like that's it we gotta start studying for the bar like it, that's crazy crap um so and then you graduate you know, and then you're gonna be a real adult with a real job and a 401k that's yeah, what I always say so um and I'm really excited to share that transition as as that as it happens and you will too and I'm really excited to see what comes next for you but um before we go I want to ask you about advice for law students, but even before that, how do you like make time for yourself? You know, making sure you're enjoying life and still, you know, you're a 20 something, you live and work close to New York city. Like what, like, what do you do for fun and how do you make sure that you are still having fun, even though you do all the crazy things that you're doing? Right. So yeah. So my blog is fun, but it's, it's a job and I love it but it's a job. So that is not something I would consider fun. Um, It's just, you know, something that I do every day, but it's not like something that's like super fun to me. It's not like an extracurricular. Like every weekend, I love to go out. I love to go to dinner. That's my favorite thing in the entire world, trying new restaurants and going out to eat. 
I don't know why it started in high school with my high school friends. We would like every Friday night, pick a new restaurant and go out to eat. So that is something I genuinely look forward to like every week. And I usually go to the city. Um, my boyfriend lives in the city. My I have a lot of good friends from college in the city or my law school friends. Like we love to go out to eat. And that is like what I consider like true fun where I put my phone down or maybe I'll take a picture of the food and then put the phone down <laughs> and just eat. And I, that's like my favorite thing to do. Um, and I do try to take Saturdays off. That was something that was recommended to me in right when I started law school. It was like, try to take Saturday off or try to take Sunday off. One, don't day, do, one day a week, take it yeah, off. Right. And don't do any work. And like, not even like Friday because Friday you still have class. Like just don't do work. Like you really need that separation. So just let your mind like rest. And I never thought I would be able to do that. Because even in undergrad, I, I worked seven days a week. Like I had so wake, wake Forest is nicknamed Work Forest because it really is so much work. And I would say the amount of work is comparable to like law school amount of work. That's insane for undergrad because law school is legit like a nine to, it's like an eight to eight. It's not even a nine to five. It's like an eight to eight. <laughs> or more. <laughs> or more, honestly. So that's no. But so actually I have one more question I meant to ask you earlier. So you say your blog is a job. So how did you monetize your blog and how do you continue to monetize it? And how do you work with brands on your blog and Instagram to make money off of this? So it is a moneymaker for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, how do I monetize in just a general sense from ads on my website, which is like pennies and dimes. So if there's an ad, if people click on it, I make minimal money from that. And Brand collaborations is like a really big thing. And that's how I realized that I could make money back in 2020, pretty much right after the pandemic hit, like I want to say April, March, um, I had brands reaching out to me being like, we'd love to send you product and pay you to post. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, I've been doing this for how many years? And I can do that. I was like, people will pay me to post. I was like, I'm in. And even it was like a hundred bucks to me, that was a lot of money considering I had been working just based on like gifted collaborations for so long. So that's really where it started. Um, and then I got accepted into like to know it, which I'm sure everyone knows about. So that's another way to monetize, but it's really brand deals. I do get a lot of emails sent to me, like brands pitching to me to work with me, but most of them are are gifted and then I try to negotiate and try to get them to I know the struggle (laughs) yeah like get them to pay with the gifted and you just kind of have to know your worth that's what my friend Louise always says uh, Louise Montgomery blog she just always says you have to know your worth and if a company that you really want to work with will not pay you on top of the gifted product you have to see like if it's something you really want to do if it's a if it's a company you love for me I will accept the gifted work because I genuinely love the the product or the company and I hope that it'll turn into something monetized in the future um but if not it's a great piece it's a great product and I love it and I will continue to share it regardless if they pay me or not that's kind of how it goes I occasionally pitch to brands but that's hard. I, I maybe you feel the same way, and I've talked to other people about this. But this year has been really tough right now with monetizing anything, like brand collabs, brand deals. It's just There's like more people in the market now that it's harder. Right. I I haven't been able to monetize the blog as much as I have. Oh, at all. Other than like to know it, I've monetized my Instagram and podcast. But I I was just curious how you monetize the blog. But I think as I transition into more podcasts and kind of my blog will be my landing page. I don't know. I mean, I will monetize it, but 
I'd rather put emphasis on other platforms. I was just curious how you yeah. you navigated that as a business because absolutely is a business. Even if you weren't making money on it, like it's still a business because you're investing time and energy in right. right. it. Um, and it's giving you valuable totally in business. So regardless, it's still a business. But yeah, I, I wanted to pick your brain about that to close out. And yeah, what advice do you have for anyone who is in law school or wants to go to law school, maybe they're, you know, just at admission cycle, they just got accepted mm-hmm. and they're deciding where to go. So an incoming one out or like a current one, what advice do you have for people in law school? I would say don't compare yourself to others. I know you and I talk about this a lot. Don't compare yourself. You are there because you're meant to be there and you're smart and you got in for the right reasons. And if you're thinking about applying or currently applying, look at your resume and see what else or not what else you can add to it, but look at your sorority experience, your other leadership positions, or if you have a blog, like that's a business and that's such a valuable asset to your, your, you know, the the people that are going to read your application, but also just like employers. Like I should have been talking about my blog a long time ago. Like I should have been talking about it. Like I said, when I was applying for colleges, what I just thought of, you mentioned legally blonde earlier. Do what Elle Woods in her Harvard acceptance essay was a video showing like, I'm really good because I was present in my sorority, yada, yada, yada. Do that. Right. Essay. (laughs) right (laughs) you know like things like that like you have to like realize that you're so much more than just like your GPA and like what classes you took and like your academics like and I wish employers and I think they're starting to see more now that it's not all just about like the curve in law school and like and like actual law school it's it's like what else you can do outside of it like working externships internships like your extracurriculars holistic approach I really it's a shifting yeah. So yeah, I think that's really great advice. And if you have any questions for either of us on law school, um, or you want to see us do a collab blog post, <laughs> we'd be happy to do. I think we should. Um, yeah. Talk about that off air. But thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on the podcast. Where can everyone find you? Where can they check out any of your, you know, like to know it blog, all of that. Yeah, tall and preppy. That's me across all the boards. Pinterest, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, my blog, tallandpreppy.com, everything at tall and preppy. Perfect. I'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you.